0: Hi, I got a tape I want to play. Just what do you think you're doing, today? Your move, creep. Take me to the volcano.
1: So why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? Come with me if you want to live. This town needs an enema. Doctor said I need a backyotomy. Yes, that's a human ear, all right. I got a bad feeling about this. So.
0: It's come to this.
1: Oof. Yeah. It's come to it is. It has. Man. It has indeed. Hello. Hey there. We went
0: that feels we both kind of went quiet storm instinctively. Yeah.
1: Right off the top there. I wasn't I intentionally so.
0: going for quiet storm. I'm,
1: I'm I'm feeling very contemplative. I'm Charlie. I'm Eric. This is a movie podcast. Uh we just watched Falling Down. Yeah. from uh, 1993 and I'm feeling very that hit you um, different than you were uh, expecting. Yeah. I'm I'm like not in a great mood. You were uh <laughs> right now? Yeah. You were like uh you were excited for this one. I you remember were, you were pumped. I remember liking this movie I A number one, this is a really good movie. Yeah. Really good movie. Yeah, yeah. Some amazing performances, some really challenging stuff. Um I was challenged a lot more when, when I was a young man watching this movie on TNT or whatever. I just remember the action and the silliness of the, you know, whammy burger scene. Right. In my opinion, silliness as a young guy. Isn't that funny? Uh, not funny. The juxtaposition of the, ner-
0: the nerdy white guy standing up yeah. for himself, you know. And in the ads at the time, you know, this came out when I was 12. You would have been like 10 or so. Yeah, 10. Uh, and played a th- lot of ads. I remember this showing up on the, the TV ads a lot. I yeah.
1: remember especially because Michael Douglas, the star of this film, has such a distinct look in this movie Yeah, that it was very striking to see this guy, who I don't know even if I knew him as a kid really mm-hmm. or what I would have known him in, in the 80s. <laughs> yeah. But you saw him as As, as a kid when we watched Wall Street. Well, I was a big fan of, I was just going to say, big yeah. fan of Wall Street. I, I went around the, Playground yelling. Gweed is good. And, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jeez. But yeah, I remember that seeing him on uh, on the TV with the glasses and the crew cut. He's like, uh, it felt like an extreme look. It and, still feels, and, yeah, like it. still,
0: uh, still feels like that. You yeah. got the sense that this was an this was a uh, not the typical guy who's a lead in the movies. You know, even as a kid, something seemed off. Right. Like this is not usually the character that a movie's built around. And the commercials really presented it as kind of a satirical death wish. Before I knew what Death Wish was, uh, in retrospect, you know, it's definitely the man who's finally s- he's taken out the trash. right. You know, that's how I remember these ads that were very much like, like this guy's the cool anti-hero who's sticking up, like
1: Robin Hood. You know, well, he's uh, the, the tagline on the poster is the adventures <laughs> is the first word. Like it's the like it's the hobbit
0: or something. The You're adventures across
1: East LA out to Venice. The adventures of an ordinary man mm. at war with the everyday world. Sure. Paints him as like it's uh, the world that's the problem. Exactly, it's like oh, this guy gets it, and I feel like yeah, even uh, maybe when this thing came out originally, Death Wish is a good comparison because it's the man who's been pushed too far, yeah, and who's tired of being kicked around, who who fights back. Yeah, except in this movie, <laughs> nobody pushes Michael Douglas. Yeah,
0: Michael Douglas is an instigator. Yeah. throughout this whole thing, nobody does anything. Paul to Kersey him had to his earn this. family ripped apart. This guy is stopping scum on the streets of New York. You know, I get fans cheering for Kersey at in these, Death Wish. Yeah, right. Yeah, Paul Kersey is is, is Bronson's Bronson. character in Death Wish. Right? I get that. That he's extreme. But it's clearly like, this guy went through the worst thing a family can go through. This dude is just, Michael Douglas is billed in these commercials as the anti-hero, the guy who's sticking up for being lied to. And there are sympathetic elements. You get where he went wrong. He's a guy who did everything he was supposed to do. He went to school. He got a good job. Life just passed him up and there's a lot of people that feel disenfranchised right now that then chose to make the shittiest decisions possible it's what we're in right now
1: yeah there's a lot of parallels i, I felt uh but you know in my it, i think this movie is very clear um in showing you that this character is not the wounded yeah just normal guy who's been a great guy all along he's clearly an abusive person already yeah he's clearly someone who's already lying and manipulating people around him so uh yeah it's crazy watching it now and just yeah and and him just uh thinking the world owes him something yeah thinking that because he thinks or whatever that he's played by the rules even though he's clearly done it poorly (laughs) yeah he thinks that he's supposed to not sit in traffic? Okay, so let's talk about the opening of you know, this flick. Yeah, I, I think it's a, interesting to uh, kind of look at the very beginning sequence in the car while he's stuck in traffic. Um, because it, it does set a tone. Like, totally. few movies can set a tone. <laughs> it's so good. Right from the opening. You know, there is no uh, soft opening here. It is Mm-mm. a hard opening. Uh, he's in a car. It's hot. The traffic's not moving. And he sees all these different little vignettes of people in their cars. Yeah. Which kind of gets repeated throughout the movie, the way he's viewing people through this distorted lens. Right. He thinks the woman putting the makeup on is looking at him. <laughs> he thinks Everything lo- starts getting aggressive and focused on him. Everything is... Star- yeah, the- he starts seeing messages in the bumper stickers, and everything seems to be directed at yeah. him personally. Well, it's this
0: great, like... God, I love Schumacher, man. <laughs> this guy, this guy is a king. I love him just openly ripping off. I, you know, I love De Palma, and De Palma's nothing but Hitchcock stuff done in a cool, slick, trash way. Right. And nobody's talking about how cool Schumacher is for doing the trashed up exploitation. Uh, eight and a half. Uh huh. From Fellini, it's the exact opening of Eight and a Half, except. Uh, uh, Michael Douglas doesn't, like, float away. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> he just walks
1: away it's a up dark, into uh, East L.A. Dark interpretation of that. But I know, love Schumacher
0: being like, I'm going to open this Bronson flick with a
1: Fellini reference. <laughs> just a four-minute Fellini homage. I guess, uh, I guess it makes sense if you're thinking of the way that Fellini's characters are total self-centered misogynist dudes. Dude, right? <laughs> this is... Grindhouse Fellini baby oh yeah that's
0: Schumacher
1: yeah it's so good it's such a good scene it's so loud it's so I'm just imagining Fellini showing a, a bumper sticker that says eat shit in Italian dude can we talk about one eight hundred eat shit oh yeah man what a product of the of its of that time right that's
0: the thing this is somehow the most underground durable joke. In American history, <laughs> I saw a 1 800 eat shit bumper sticker not one month ago. Person had it on wow. their front bumper it in the like year of 2020. In the 2020, I remember the first time I saw that when we were on a road trip when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And even as a child, I'm like, that's a strong overreaction
1: <laughs> to go that's to aggressive. such a hot place as
0: you know what you don't like that that turn signal I used eat.
1: My shit. <laughs> it, but it invites you to call them to tell them yeah. how you don't like it. And then the number. Oh, I see. Okay, you're helping oh, me out here. I can eight, call yeah, this line. I will line. call them. 1-800-HEY. Wait,
0: wait. Oh, you bastard. And not even like, they there's so many things that are bad that you can say to a person that are not as bad as each <laughs> shit.
1: Do you know how sick that is? Like, it could have easily just been like, 1-800-SHUT-UP. Yeah. For some right. reason, we jumped right into <laughs> eat shit, and then people are like, that's the joke. That's, I'm going to put the word eat shit on my car that I <laughs> yeah. drive to work. Everybody just decided,
0: like, everybody's used to seeing that bumper sticker. It is around just enough. Yeah. It never went away. You never saw, you know, it's still like a weird four-leaf clover.
1: You really don't see bumper stickers that often, though, anymore. You don't. It was a golden era in the 80s and 90s. It really was. We had it sweet. We had it good. We had it sweet. I saw Zappa for
0: president (laughs) once on some guy's old, like, Tercel. It's like, who's this old cool guy? Yeah. But, yeah, for some reason. They're mostly
1: political now.
0: Throughout the ages, you can bet on every two to four years seeing a 1-800-eat-shit. This movie is about nothing but people who got their own shit. Some of it is indefensible. Others is terrible choices with understanding beginnings. You get why some of these people got there. And other people are just people that can't handle the shit that we all have to handle. Right. (laughs) That we have an unwritten agreement that we just have to handle it. And sometimes it
1: sucks. Sometimes you can't deal with that, and you go on some adventures. Yeah, and then you go on adventures (laughs) through Los Angeles. You save the princess bride.
0: Yeah. Right? Whoa, not a fairy tale. This dude is not vigilante. No. This dude is a guy who just couldn't keep his shit together after a rough patch.
1: He's clearly an unhinged individual, but uh, he's a self righteous prick in, at the same time. So he's got that going for him. Yeah. yeah, it's it's it is strange to see a movie that's basically headed by the antagonist. Yeah, and then you have the good it's guy. It's story. The good guy Robert Duvall is the one kind of following him, mm-hmm. and and the one who's kind of on the side there. But uh could have very easily been a movie about a cop, Robert Duvall, on his last day at the force yeah. and sees a pattern of violence happening that he's putting together we, we've this been, mystery. We've been inadvertently following this little path, uh because
0: you know, we watched Manhunter recently, which mm-hmm. we talked at length about because we were both in love with <laughs> every part of Manhunter. What, what a picture. And this is totally, like, that movie was not about the Red Dragon. Very little. I was stunned. For a movie I've seen, like, three times, I'm always stunned at how little Tom Noonan is really in it. Right, right. He's used so effectively in such small doses, but he's really not in this movie. Hannibal Lecter's not Mm -hmm. in the movie or in Silence of the Lambs much. In this movie, Michael Douglas is 75% of this film. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's crazy. And my brain is just, I watched this, we talked about this earlier. I do have a history with this movie. Because it is potentially the first R-rated movie I watched. Oh, okay. It's this or Candyman, which this we a, also did.
1: This is a hell of a first R-rated movie.
0: I know. So Candyman came and out Candyman, in like yeah. Halloween 92, and this was around February, March 93. They were within a few months in the theaters, so they were hitting the video stores similar times. Saw Candyman at my boy Carlos's house. (laughs) Saw Falling Down with my dad. Oh, man. Yeah. He made me cover my eyes through a couple of uh, parts, but I would have been like 12. And I don't know if it was Candyman at Carlos's or this one, but still formative. Formative movie watching. Absolutely. years, Milestone. And I remember this movie getting talked about like at school. And I remember it uh, without knowing what a death wish following was. I remember this movie as something that could get brought up and people knew what it was and dug it. you know it was It was like a cool, popular movie,
1: yeah, it yeah. made good money absolutely in ninety three it made some money. Um, we haven't even mentioned that it's a Joel Schumacher film. Oh, yeah. Uh, he just passed away Legend. Uh, about a month, less than a month ago. Soon. Yeah, it was like two weeks ago. And we were talking about doing one of his movies, and we've already done uh, an episode on The Lost Boys back in the... Yeah. Probably 20, 30 episodes ago now. We'll have to do a big um, after-the-effect re- uh, retrospective episode. Yeah, I Cause think... this
0: guy had such a cool career, and is I have heard so many people brandish him as a hack. And this guy did so much neat, varied, different stuff. I don't care if the Batman costumes have nipples at a certain <laughs> point. This guy did cool things.
1: I just It's so interesting to me that he could go from bat nipples to <laughs> falling down. Or, you know, I think 8mm would have come out right after Batman and Robin. He pinballed back and forth is, between Grisham
0: adaptations and neon gay batman right and <laughs> like every like this, other year
1: like this is a dark movie this is an unrelenting yeah unsympathetic really kind of twisted look into the mind of this guy who uh wasn't cut out for it and won't take responsibility for it yeah and he took responsibility to a point
0: to a point where he feels he just didn't get what he thought he had coming right he was responsible. He again played by the rules. The movie,
1: I guess, but well, it, he
0: did to a certain point. He until he kept. It he's breaking. abusive, though. You know, it, it hints oh, sure. that he
1: has brought this upon himself. His wife didn't leave totally. him for no reason. No, no, no. You know not what I mean? Like playing by the rules, and then his a version shitty dude of playing, playing by, by the, the rules. rules. The,
0: the version of the rules that he was taught.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. He has uh, in his mind. Yeah because the thing is he he thinks he is the righteous one. He's consistent in this
0: movie. within his reality. Right. That's important. Some movies uh, like this don't get that. He's consistent yeah. and the idea that he is the good guy and again at the time I remember he was this did get a vigilante kind of reaction. It's not like it spawned copycats or anything like that. Right. But this was viewed as, you know, when your friends were renting videos at the store and, like, everybody knew this movie. And I don't know if it is just the, the year we're living in right now or just watching it at different years with different life experience. But a movie that used to play way more as a satire and way more as an over-the-top comedy. Mm-hmm. Oh, the guy yelling about how the McDonald's ad doesn't look like the, the real burger. You know, we all knew that. But now it's just like, oh, there's a ton of this guy. Yeah. Everywhere.
1: This, this is guy the... is existing and I see him on Twitter every day. Literally saw those pictures of the guys uh, going to Subway Sandwich Shop with the bazooka on yeah. the shoulder. Yeah. To, to uh, you know, it's my right. It's my right to terrorize <laughs> yeah. other people around me with weapons on full display. Yeah. As an American, it's my right to make my neighbors all fearful around me.
0: Yeah. Fucking douche. So- and they're the exact same guys when <laughs> the cops start gassing peaceful protesters. That's the ones like, hey, guys, come on. Should've, there was a
1: curfew. Should have listened to the cops. All right. right. You should
0: have gone home, guys. Come on. Listen to the cops, please. We're all a society here.
1: So I think it was just really difficult, uh, more so than I was expecting, for me to have to sit in this guy's mind. Yeah, For for almost two hours, and to see him justify his behavior to himself, Mm -hmm. and it was just like, come on, man. This movie is smart about putting you inside this guy's mind
0: and showing you relatable similarities, but also pushing you to a point where you know, like, well... I'm not this guy because <laughs> we all have recognized these same dumb situations where we don't have like, geez, I forgot my credit card. Come on. You know me. Come on, please. Just let me take this thing. I will pay you back. I'm a, I'm a respectable man. Right. You know, that sitting in traffic when you're already running late to work and just like an additional stress that I'm already running late. And then today, this is when the accident happens. You know, these kind of things. But we just have to. It's it's something that we had to enter into the bargain, and it sucks some days. Yeah. But we got to. And the movie is really good about putting you there and realizing, yeah, but I just fucking deal with it because <laughs> we have to. Well, that's what Robert Duvall does in this movie. Yeah. Robert Duvall. I right? we, for whatever reason we 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 were talking about this as it was happening. It never has crossed me just how Robert Duvall is the same as Michael Douglas except he was just a little bit better about holding it in not even perfect at it
1: right he just shut down in a slightly different way
0: which is such a bummer to say
1: yeah he's uh, he's a guy that's got immeasurable amounts of patience <laughs> yeah he's just a guy born slightly more patient he he's he's uh he's the one who kind of puts this this uh, piece together because uh even though he's Robert he interviews the korean guy and anyways yeah um Watch the movie. It's really good. But Robert Duvall is the (laughs) guy who has the wife who's kind of crazy and he's got a traumatic past, lost a child, and he has every real, actual excuse to become unhinged. Guy's got worries. But he is a guy that can, I don't know. He just has a way, he can put it, he can bottle it. uh, He loves his wife. He's very clear about how he loves his wife. And so it's just a, I don't know, like it's a, it's, some of us are just better
0: at compartmentalizing, and that could have sounded like I was bragging, like I was one of those people. I don't know. I don't think I am, but some people are good
1: at just but it's sectioning off these life stress. But you know, I I don't get the sense that Duvall is like hopeless or helpless in his no. life. He actually loves his wife. He's gonna he's gonna move to Lake Havasu or whatever it's yeah. called, right? And he knows it's not gonna be great, but. He is uh, still positive about it. Yeah. You know, he's not, I don't get the sense that he's a miserable prick like Douglas is. uh, There's
0: everybody, we we all know people, I'm friends with a lot of uh, wrestling friends online, you know, and there's every full run of the gamut of like, I have to watch wrestling in the dark when my wife's asleep. Right. And uh, those kind of people, and other people are like, yeah, my wife lets me put it on. She doesn't care. She's fine (laughs) with it. She's not super ashamed, but they
1: all deal with it. They all right if you they know? if they uh, if have to watch it, it, it in the dark, and, and they love their wife, they'll watch it in the dark. Yeah, you know what I mean. They're happy to an extent, and that's cool. We all got to adjust to our specific situations. And he—that's the thing. That word, adjust. Mm-hmm. Michael Douglas could not adjust yeah. in this movie. He's a he, dude
0: who gets passed by.
1: He could not. Um, there's video. You know, there's a scene with the home video of him watching the family, and he's. Like forcing his daughter to go on a horsey she doesn't want to go on. He won't
0: adjust. That's a tough scene. That that's never really hit me as hard. The idea,
1: him at the Whammy Burger, can't adjust his. You know they don't serve breakfast. He can't adjust to lunch. Yeah, man. He can't adjust to the rising cost of a Coke. You know, can of Coca Cola.
0: I remember this really tough time in my life where (laughs) I slept in on a Sunday, and I wanted to get breakfast. At a brunch spot. But I slept in too late. And I got there
1: and it was five minutes past. Mm. And I had to order off the lunch menu. Wait, you didn't shoot the place up? I, You didn't take hostages. I Come do, on. I do As carry. You do. <laughs> and I was making note
0: of the exits and the softest, weakest human closest to me. Right. I was doing that. But then I looked at the lunch menu and thought, you know what, I wanted an eggs benedict. Mm. But this turkey pesto sandwich actually looks pretty good, so I think I'm gonna get that. Wow, and I won't have to knife anyone.
1: Listeners can't see that there's just veins bulging in Eric's head. I'm and not neck mad right now. <laughs> I'm not mad at all. Actually, I'm not mad. His knuckles are turning white. Yeah, uh,
0: we just deal with stuff because we got we got it. I, I still got lunch.
1: You know what? And it's, Michael uh, Douglas,
0: that comedy scene is played as a comedy scene. It there was TV ads just with that scene in the McDonald's, right? Or the the Whammy, Whammy burger.
1: burger, Whammy, Wham? Yeah, uh, that was that was a a clip mm-hmm. that got shown. You know, well, he basically does like a stand up bit. Like, can yeah. you believe this? This is the burger. <laughs> The picture—it's three inches of juicy meat. <laughs> yeah. This is this, and he does that three or four times. Where you're like, "Can you believe this?" And it's like, "Yeah, man." I—I I mean, yeah, do, do stand up about it, but don't point a gun
0: at someone. Yeah, over he's it. waving a gun around in kids' faces. It's not funny. This this guy is the self-appointed
1: anointed hero, right? You know, he's the guy. I mean, I, honestly, though when i was 18 19 i thought i knew everything i yeah. thought i was better than everyone around me just because i'm i'm the smart guy clearly <laughs> i know how to th- i'm the guy in traffic going well if they just do this yeah this is what he does like and it's like uh yeah maybe that's the thing maybe we he should have grown up a we little have bit this more. element
0: yeah every time there's a slowdown because people are merging wrong and i'm sitting in the car alone going it's like a zipper It's just like a zipper. We don't have to come to a complete stop. Get off my ass. But I've never like gotten out of my car and physically assaulted people because it's just like, man, we all got shit. (laughs) Yeah. And this guy's got shit, and he doesn't acknowledge that he just one day decides his is worse than everyone else's. And we get that great... Like I said, I've always been bugged by the Schumacher is a hack people. Yeah, And I heard the same thing about Michael Winner, who worked with Bronson a lot. Mm. Stuff like The Mechanic. And it was just like, oh, he doesn't really know how to do it. But like, no, nah, he brought a little bit extra to these kind of movies. This could have been real trash. This has canon films written all over it. Absolutely, yeah. This, this feels like high-budget canon. And there was a lot of things that elevated it and Schumacher's one of them. So I just don't like this Schumacher as a hack talk. You know, because... I think
1: I think because Schumacher just did so many different kinds of movies that yeah. you know, there's like the, the auteur theory of of the director should have this kind of stamp where you you know it's always a Kubrick movie or a yeah. Spielberg or whatever. But Schumacher was more of a chameleon with his stuff. Where, I did where that. He could go. He could go either way. I mean... I dig when a director gives me a
0: chance to see him working in different genres. Oh, yeah. If there's just a, a, a regular director I like and find out that he's going to do a horror movie, that's super exciting. You know, like, oh, this weird comedy guy I like is going to do horror? I'd like to see their take on that. And Schumacher did all these exploitation genres. Crime movies, courtroom dramas, superhero movies you know slick action vehicles vampire movies he did all these right. different subgenres in this own weird style and it it's so cool that a director shows you
1: this many different sides of him you know a hack to me is a one trick pony right a guy yeah. that only has one like jj abrams there we go yeah what can that guy do differently than what he's done anything yeah. Can he actually give me a story, or is it just shining lights and uh, (laughs) actors, like like action figures from one scene to the next? Yeah, man. Anything else?
0: gives so much joy and so much energy to kind of trash genres. I love him, oh, man, even as recently as stuff like Phone Booth. Phone Booth is cool. Phone Phone Booth booth is a classic B-movie. Larry Cohen. I never uh, saw the number
1: 23, but... uh...
0: I don't know. I like his take on, you know, second, second run trash. And I like his big budget work. And I like the gloss that he brings to horror. Lost Boys is, is a cool movie. And yeah. it could have been made darker. But I like the specific slickness that he gave it. The specific 1987 feel. Not being ashamed to live
1: in the year he's making the movie. You know, this movie, actually, they were filming it in L.A. when the 92 riots right. happened because yeah, of the Yeah, that K- was a big famous story about Rodney like right King when this thing. movie was coming out. I mean, this movie is one of those, like, boys in the hood that made me just terrified of Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah, same. Like, holy shit, it's a hellscape This is in down my there. state? Jesus. <laughs> I thought this was Hollywood and actors and, uh, oh, you yeah. know, Gene Autry and stuff. And now it's like, <laughs> oh, no, this is gangland, you know? Dude, they say the word gangland? Ugh. Five times. But this movie Gangland. really, it brought me back to watching the news as a 10-year-old and, or 9-year-old and seeing mm-hmm. the not only the footage of Rodney King, but the riots that came after it and just the ugliness of that yeah. time. This it, movie is like This movie was, is this like movie was 1993,
0: that. and we're in 2020, and we're seeing riots. We're seeing peaceful po- protesters being shot at. And we're seeing men that just can't deal with the clear direction society is headed, that are just lost. We got a lost culture of men out there right now. Mm. And they're dragging a lot of women down with them. In this movie, it seems quaint. In Falling Down, he seems like a loose cannon, a one-man army who's had enough and can't hack it anymore. And now there seems like way more than one of these guys. There's a lot of these guys, and they've found each other. Right,
1: exactly. And and they think they're going to become obsolete. Yeah. Uh, He says that in the movie at one point Mm -hmm. about being obsolete because uh, he got fired from his job or whatever. And it's the same thing you hear from anyone who's, you know, people who lost jobs uh, at factories and stuff. Mm -hmm. They just don't know where to go because... Everything has been put onto this, their whole personality or their whole life or whatever. In our, They uh, think it's this, and then when they see other people around them who are like, well, whatever. I don't care about you. I'm doing my whole thing. They're like, well, what about me? What about me? Yeah. In so there's in a, our there's last all uh, recession, uh, end of Bush,
0: beginning of Obama, I was unemployed for 10 months. Lost my job that I'd had for five years and loved. Hmm. Had to be laid off because the economy had got so bad. Ten months out. And I couldn't get a call back on jobs, you know? I was talented. I was confident. But couldn't get a call back on anything. Felt pretty lost, you know? I was 30. Economy was bad. Right. I played a lot of Castlevania Symphony of the Night. (laughs) I watched a lot of horror movies during the daytime. Waited to hear back from interviews, you know? And It sucked. But I realized there was a bunch of other people going through the same thing. There were still things to cheer about. The Giants won a World Series. <laughs> you right. know, it wasn't all bad. And right. sometimes stuff sucks. And this guy just... Stuff sucked just too much. But this, this guy dude. could... It's like... Uh, it's, just,
1: the other aspect is like he uh, you know lost his job but didn't tell his mom who he lives with for a month. And yeah. he's, he's trying to act like everything's... A lot okay. of people really connect themselves a, and identify themselves as their job
0: yeah. and as their worker identity. And this is one of those guys who the idea of not being employed and not being what he deems a productive member of society, not being a leech. he's can't face the shame that he's one of these people who he's privately decried. And we're getting that too. Yeah. People who don't want the handouts, but need handouts. That need help. You know, this movie is about the need for communication.
1: Yeah, I mean, this ultimately ends with this guy, you know, all he really needed was to ask for some help. Yeah. Mental health-wise. He needed a
0: break. He needed somebody... He needed to express how unfair he thought things were. He needed to... uh, you know, he needed to find a way to cope. He's not a good communicator, this Michael Douglas. Yeah. He's bad movie. at it. <laughs> He's bad. I'm kind of fascinated because I don't know, and I'm sure the info is out there, so I'll find it at some point. But this, this role could have been so trash. It could have been very exploitative. It still could have been really fun. This could have made a fun, you know, The Exterminator kind of movie. Right. Um, and I like that it went for more. And I'm wondering if big name actors wanted this role, or if it was the case of this feels too trash, you know, like the kind of stuff Bronson was doing, or the kind of stuff Liam Neeson or Jason Statham dip into.
1: There's like there's actually some really conflicting like trivia on the IMDb, which you know they never give you like the sources for these things, so it's hard to say, but. Uh, one piece of trivia says that every studio turned the script down, okay, until this one producer was uh, thinking about it, and then Michael Douglas apparently read it and loved it. Hmm. So with
0: a big enough name like Douglas, who carries carries right. some clout in Hollywood.
1: Something else says though that you know, it, uh, Joel Schumacher maybe wanted Douglas to read it, so maybe it was Schumacher who. Hmm uh got Douglas to read it and maybe that you know cuz Douglas is also uh Oscar winning producer so
0: oh sure for cuckoo's nest
1: but there's also just there's also stuff about saying you know Jack Nicholson Ed Harris Robert De Niro Alec Baldwin <laughs> Jeff Bridges Nick Nolte so it's like just they just put so in just all the, the big other names other
0: acting names from that time
1: But if you say they were considered for the role was that at maybe all the other studios that turned down the script Yeah you know so, so who So there knows? was like who uh knows? I get the sense that this is Douglas's like he, he He's a guy who he really considers goes this after a good his performance. Pet projects. Yeah.
0: And that's cool. Yeah. That's one of the things I really dig about Michael Douglas, who he he gets a cool idea and he makes it happen. Something like the China Syndrome. Mm. You know, or even something more recent like uh the Liberace uh HBO movie he was oh, yeah. saying, behind I the candelabra. Heard that like, was good. He's a guy who gets passionate about different projects, which is, again, kind of why Michael Douglas with Joel Schumacher is a cool idea. These guys take a lot of different risks on very different things, and it's kind of a cool, exploitative, passionate companionship. Yeah. You know, they both really attack their material lustily. Well... <laughs> one of the uh, one of the things I love... That's that a good you, word for uh, you know, Michael Douglas, yeah. Well... When we started our movie days and I came up with the idea for the pick three where we can just present any genre and we came up with themes. And one of your theme days was like, at least you had talked about it with me. I don't know if you ever executed this one, hmm. but it was just Michael Douglas f- losing it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> movies.
1: <laughs> just movies where Michael Douglas like goes, you know, zero to 60. Uh, yeah, the game is one of my all time favorite not just Douglas movies like that is a movie that's one of those I'll throw on oh just to have game. fun with game's it games games a great movie um but yeah Douglas at this time this was right when he's doing like basic instinct uh, disclosure came right after this um so he's, he's I'm not was, afraid to get his hands dirty you so know that's is, what i like about him <laughs> he's an actor totally. who will take the kind of the the grimmer could have been exploitative roles as a kid I recognized, I watched enough television, and I watched pro
0: wrestling, which had commercials for action movies and stuff like that. Right. And I watched the weird, you know, adult dramas with my parents, because I just liked watching TV. So I would be watching Magnum P.I. and Heart to Heart. (laughs)
1: You know. Such a cool kid.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, All the cool kids watch Heart to Heart. (laughs) Um was but that so, the one where they went to Universal Studios? <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm never gonna figure that out. Um, so I would see movie previews for these movies, and there were certain actors like Michael Douglas who stuck out to me because he was the big movie star in movies that I couldn't watch. Right. <laughs> you know, he was the guy I really recognized. But my that was the movie we watched. My parents watched once. Me and my sister went to bed. Right. I wasn't allowed to watch Michael Douglas movies. and Especially, I mean, Basic Instinct? Yeah. Basic Instinct is the one that my mom's like, well, I don't want to be in the house. Uh, yeah. When you watch that, okay? <laughs> my dad's just renting it and watching it like a weirdo on a Saturday at 1.
1: It's just like, uh, <laughs> I remember being a young kid and seeing movies like that come out and then like showgirls come out and just being like, things are getting... <laughs> Things are getting weird yeah. in movies. But, like But what's... guys, so guys like these Michael
0: Douglas movies that, you know, but the weird thing is I knew Michael Douglas because my dad's favorite movie was Romancing the Stone. Oh, yeah. Because he's a dad of a certain age. That's a classic. That one was on in the house uh, definitely God, when I was a kid. My dad watched a lot of Romancing the Stone and even uh, Jewel of the Nile. Sure. He, Still fun. He recorded like... you know off of fox with commercials on a saturday afternoon he recorded romancing the stone and jewel the nile on the same cassette tape so it's just all full commercials for whatever god i wish i had that damn tape (laughs) i wish that's still
1: at their house somewhere but yeah he loved so that's my my michael douglas experience you know the actually the most popular michael douglas movie in my house now that i'm going back through in 95 uh we got definitely got this on VHS after it came out and it got played oh, a lot. Yeah. That's the, a this is a mom movie. The American President. Yeah. That's a that's a mom flick. Uh that's actually not a bad movie. It's a good movie. Not a bad movie. But it's yeah, good. it was like the family like could watch that. That was a one. PG-13
0: family movie.
1: Yeah. That you can watch.
0: Fun. And oh yeah. <laughs> but the game, dude. Oh my god. The game was a cool. That was one of those we've talked about that before where my mom and sister would go visit my mom's sister down in San Diego during the summer for a week. And then me and my dad would be the ones that like, now we get to rent the dude movies. So that's right. when it's like, we're renting usual suspects and oh man, that kind of stuff. This, so this is all throughout the nineties, you know? Right. Right. And uh, the game was one of those where it's like mom and sister aren't into this one. This is a guy's night watching the game. And that was a oh, big fan of the game. But this, Falling Down was the first R rated Douglas that I saw. I wasn't seeing Basic Instinct. I wasn't seeing Disclosure. Exactly. (laughs) You know, I wasn't seeing Wall Street when I was seven. So Falling Down was big and it hits kind of tough today. Falling Down is tough now. There's a lot of bad racism that's still not. Gone. Yeah. There's a lot of entitled people who shouldn't be entitled because they're in the exact same boat. And there's just a lot of people refusing to help another person in any way. There is a scene that it's never hit me as hard as now where Barbara Hershey is describing to a cop. Barbara
1: Hershey is the abused ex-wife of Michael Douglas. He's eventually making his way to her. He's trying
0: to get to his family. Yeah. He wants to go back in time. And holy shit, that's where we're at right now. Hmm. A significant population in this country just wants to go back. They don't have a specific date. They can never explain when Great Again was. (laughs) They just want to go back to when things were better for them, for them personally. And that's this dude. Five years ago, he thought he had it pretty figured out. He has a good defense job, Mm -hmm. he had the wife. He had a little, small Southern California home, and he had the beautiful daughter. He was good. Something happened. Something passed them. And that's where we're at right now. And you get this degree of selfish and this degree of personal idolatry. This hero as you. And that's this dude. And Barbara Hershey is this poor, put-upon, tired wife. Mm Mm-hmm. And we get that scene with her and a cop. And the cop is still in disbelief. at it. So this normal white guy just decided to snap. Doesn't make sense. Doesn't add up. Mm-hmm. Sure, we only have countless examples of it now. But I just don't know. And she makes him keep explaining herself about how he's abusive. Right. And he keeps undercutting her. In ways where the questions seem like they're coming from an honest place. But they're so cruel. So you're saying he hasn't touched you, though. So he's never hit you. And she has to be like, well, no. But, and there's so many different ways you can intimidate a person. And scare a person. And ruin a person. Without actually giving them a black eye.
1: Right. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And
0: she's just put on the ropes where like, having to explain this in detail and can't just put this guy in my shoes because nobody has that empathy
1: well what's so crazy is the there's a scene the second time she calls the cops because she is scared because he's getting closer yeah and she has a restraining order on him and everything the second time the cop just basically comes in is like we can't just come out here every time yeah you are scared or whatever <laughs> and as the woman it's a woman cop I think in that scene, and as she's walking out, she's like, "Next time you vote, you know, make sure you uh, yeah. fund us or whatever." And I'm going, "This is this is it right here. This <laughs> yep. she should not be calling the police every time she's scared. There should be some sort of public service, yep, uh, that uh, we could fund instead of the police, so that people who are in abusive relationships can get the help they need, and it doesn't have to be a cop who is only interested in crime committed." Yeah. Call me back. Not that you're scared. We're not here to protect you because you're scared. We're here to protect you after you've been a victim of a crime. We're here
0: to document the mess that happens. Right. Because we're here
1: just waiting until something real happens. Just a very... Because the definition of something happening is... Well, because the cop interviewing her who's saying, so he hasn't hit you, like he needs evidence, concrete things to have happened. It's not about feelings for him. So maybe we should fund some people that can come out to your house and talk about feelings instead of just uh, where did he hit you and, you know, fill out this report.
0: Yeah, we get that great scene at the
1: end of this movie where
0: Michael Douglas has broken into his wife's home and he's watching these home movies of that time, that time in the past when mm-hmm. he got stuck when his life changed and it went down a different path and he hasn't accepted that new path and we see these moments where he can remember them fondly and then the tapes start just changing and you see this side of him that was just there
1: right that he that was always there uh, unchecked temper yeah irritability <laughs> and bullying and, and a constant unacceptance
0: of change and of not getting his way right when he's suddenly forced to not have his way it becomes dangerous for everybody you can't tell this guy what to do you mentioned that tape that home movie of his daughter's birthday and she wants to put her on a rocking horse and she doesn't want to go and it's just this like I want this moment to be
1: perfect. Exactly.
0: Like where nobody, you basically ruin it for everyone because you want it a specific way and you can't just accept the way it's happening. Mm -hmm. I pictured this a different way. Things should have worked out differently for me. Yeah. The whole movie is just a guy saying, why didn't things work out different? And it's tough. It does not have that same satire bite that it had. It plays sadder
1: for me right now. Yeah. It's a bummer. It's a bummer. I, I think that's just... And, and at the end... You want to you wanna talk about the ending? Well, the very ending, yeah. I want to just... Uh, it's important. Yeah. There's kind of this important uh, turn that Michael Douglas seemingly uh, still thinks he's the protagonist, the hero of the story. Right. Up until the very end when he finally has his one scene with uh, Robert Duvall and it just was such a, a telling moment, a telling line when he realizes he's the bad guy. Now that a police officer is telling him to freeze and put his hands up and not just a police officer, but he like I like we've been talking about, he was looking into a kind of a
0: mirror. Sure. He saw the other side, he saw a not too far off mirror version of himself that was keeping it together. Right. And they were weirdly part of their long cool interaction. Is they're almost like speaking their own language? Robert Duvall's kind of responding with the things that
1: aren't necessary. Like his whole approach at the beginning, just like having the popcorn and yeah, moseying on up to the family. Duvall like all brought class. He was to the a, end of this. He was a very uh, he did that earlier in the movie too. He's he's the picture of you know de escalation. Yeah, and uh, this was great. His big walk around. Yeah, revealing
0: to Barbara Hershey that he's a cop. You know, without. You know, the second he notices Douglas, like, handles this like a total pro. Hits these marks. Yeah.
1: But, yeah, then when finally the, the he, you know, Duvall gets the, the wife and the daughter to safety. And, and Douglas, I think, finally sees, like, the crowd looking at him. And, he sees everybody and, horrifying. And he sees his daughter and horrified. it's like he really didn't think he was the bad guy up until yeah. that moment when he realizes it. Like... We all think we're like the, Every, the, everybody's the protagonist the hero. in our life. Yeah, right? Everybody's the hero in their own story. But uh, if you meet one asshole in a day, you met an asshole. <laughs> if you meet 10 assholes in a day, you're the asshole. <laughs> the odds aren't looking good. And uh, Douglas kind of has that like, oh, I'm the asshole here moment. Like, oh, I'm the asshole? Oh, oh. I've been the guy
0: Godzillaing
1: my way through yeah. East LA this afternoon. I'm the one that people are talking I, about. I'm the one putting upon... On, on other people, not the one who's been put upon all day. Yeah. Yeah. That... The, the, the fact that he could have it so backwards the whole time and uh, <laughs> be so deluded. In... So
0: steadfast yeah. in his belief that he was the good guy. That's another line that could have been, you know, miffed. Mm. Could have been bricked. Not necessarily a, a failure, but it could have fallen short. When he really does, like, look and see his daughter and sees everybody sees th- and finally feels
1: shame. Right. And it's like, I'm the bad guy. <laughs> like, like still like, wait a m- No. Right. And by the time he does realize it, it's too late. is kind of the tragic yeah. part. Cause now he's like, well, I'm not going to go to jail for the rest of my life. Right. He's already gone too far. We didn't even talk about how he kills a fascist halfway through the movie. He does eventually get but to murder. That scene is a little too dark. I don't want to revisit it, but it's heavy. It hits way harder uh, now. The the, the neo Nazi in modern day America, Forrest, uh,
0: Frederick Forrest took a risk with that role. Man. He was great. He that was guy, great in that role, but that is that a, guy
1: always takes chances. Hefty scene, but that's that's hard. So, anyways, but even when he does have the moment of of realizing he's the bad guy, his instinct is not to surrender and to uh, accept the, you know, the role of the bad guy, but to have that final duel. Yeah, the draw. And even when he gets shot by Robert Duvall, because he's had a uh, toy gun now on him, uh-huh. he still says, "I woulda got you." <laughs> Clearly, would not have got him. Right? He lost that. He lost that draw. He would, yeah. He lost that draw. He wouldn't have. He wouldn't have gotten it. Still, somehow trying to think that he's like gonna be going down with some sort of. Uh, yeah, he's going out with a little bit of dignity. Dignity in his brain. I woulda got you. The movie
0: handles, you know, things in a fun exploitative way and it really does nail a couple of the emotions absolutely and i I really think that last scene even for the cheesy parts of it and the very 90s action movie finish parts of it it nails that recognition that those two actors those two characters recognizing themselves in each other and both realizing how things could have been slightly different Mm -hmm. and that's strong that's a that's a cooler finish than Schumacher gets credit for.
1: Do you think there's anything to uh, the thought just entered in my head because he gets shot and he's clearly talking after he gets shot, so maybe he could have survived. But the maybe. city's physical infrastructure, the railing gives way. Yeah. And he finally falls. Yeah. Is it the city finally letting him down one last time? Is there something there? <laughs> man. The metaphor. That feel, that's Fellini of right this, there, of man. this rotten wood. Like that wood is rotten yeah, that on is that an railing. old pier railing, And man. it basically shreds under his weight. <laughs> the second he and leans he into it at all. Essentially to his death from there. I any, wonder if there's something there.
0: Any non-shot man could have had that same thing oh, yeah, happen right? to him any day at the pier. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
1: Maybe there's something there. I that is know. Schumacher's Fellini right there. That's armor cord. I like right that. There. It is. It's kind of like at the end of Burn After Reading. You're just like, so what did we learn from this? What What yeah, was the point of all right. of this? Yeah. What What could we have done to help this guy who's clearly had a mental break and yeah. didn't seek help, but instead lashed out at the world around him that had really not. Done anything to him that hasn't been done to every other ten billion people that have ever lived? Yeah, where would we go? You know what happened to us at the end? So and good you know, movie. <laughs>
0: I <laughs> check it out. Uh, I I I really do love the acting in this movie, though, because yeah. again, we've seen this movie a lot. We are purveyors of this kind of movie. Usually, it's a lot cheaper. Yeah. Usually, it's a lot scummier. Usually, it's a lot more blow away the scum of the earth. All the people that took the dirtiest message from Taxi Driver. Mm-hmm. We're going to clean up the filth, but for $2 million. And this movie's big budget and doesn't sink to depths of exploitation when it has every chance to, every single scene. It could be
1: perceived as racist.
0: There's a lot of. I forgot how much, like.
1: Well, it has racist characters in it. Yeah. Well,
0: not just... I'm not even talking about Forrest. Oh, uh, yeah, for
1: sure. uh, Frederick Forrest's character.
0: But I genuinely did forget how much the Michael Douglas character is like, you're in my country. Yeah. You speak my language. That seemed to come out of
1: nowhere,
0: too. That really does... It's amazing. I think it was shocking to me even more so because I remember how much he was pushed as the normal guy pushed too far. An ordinary man. And within 15 minutes, it's like, you speak my language. It's like, shit. Oh, he's a bigot. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's not... He's an like, asshole. I don't want to side with this guy. I don't want to be associated with this dude. Yeah. This guy is not ordinary. I am insulted <laughs> that you say this man is ordinary. Yeah. You know? I have also thought sodas were too expensive, and I don't need to turn it into a battle of like, You need to say words the way I say words. (laughs) This movie is just way more sad than I remembered it. This is just a sad dude who just got lost. He's behind in
1: culture, and he's not catching up. And he takes his way out. Yeah, but I don't want to sound like uh, we're letting him off the hook here. No, dude, this guy sucks. Because he's not a sad guy that lost his way. He's a man who decided to act out violently against... Strangers instead of figuring out what why he's so upset and what's wrong. He, I, we're, I'm re-watching the Sopranos with my wife Katie, yeah. and there's a lot of Tony Soprano just outbursts of anger, and even he doesn't know why he's doing. It's this, this teenage you know? and it's the same kind confusion of
0: confusion that never goes away in some guys where they've never properly acknowledged their feelings and accepted their feelings, mm-hmm. and they're confused by them still in their 30s and 40s. It shouldn't be happening, but there's still a specific toxic culture that doesn't want men having their emotions, and some of these guys just can't handle being confused by their emotions. Tony Soprano's a great example. Yeah. But he has what this gentleman, Michael Douglas, doesn't have is a modicum of power. Hmm. So he can be going through these things but it doesn't hit him as hard Mm -hmm. because he'll land on his feet. He's got a safety net. Michael Douglas is the character that a lot of people are now of one paycheck away, two paycheck away from losing it. Right. From being enough enough is enough. And that is not, again, me saying, this can happen. This should happen. But the system's fucked up, and we've gotten used to it. And guys like this seem, you know... They should handle it like us. Things suck, but there's different ways of handling it. We all have to keep it together. I'm stunned looking back at how much of a comedy this was billed as. Mm -hmm. And still is. People remember it fondly. And it's good. It should be remembered fondly as a good movie. And a brave... uh, interesting portrayal
1: of, for a lot of these people and a challenging movie i think it, it tries is. to challenge you you know it's not giving you an out here
0: no because yeah like you said what now <laughs> what got, yeah. what's better we seemingly got better but where we just by eliminating a, one bad thing one part of the problem it's always about eliminating a small part of the problem and that's what this movie is I'm bummed that I'm kind of bummed about falling down. I was really excited to watch Falling Down.
1: No, I'm. I mean, I'm glad we're watching it, and it is. Uh, we've been doing all these movies that have been newly relevant, and Jesus Christ, this one is feels so socially relevant. Even what seventeen, twenty seven years later, yeah. Um, it's it's a. It's always one of those where you look back and you. Go, it's a shame that it is still, I guess, so relevant. Yeah. But uh, what do you? You know. I think it's one of those where you got to go, like, uh, look out for each other. Yeah. And if you if you need help, you know, it's okay to ask for help. People will help you. Being asked for help has been demonized. And There's uh, still yeah.
0: somehow bootstrap talk. Just pulling yourself up. No. Yeah. There's a community out there. There's reachable people. And these people just can't be reached right now. There's a lot of people that can't be reached. And man, falling down <laughs> is too shitty now. Yeah. 2020 is too falling down. It exactly. It sucks.
1: We need, we need something else on here.
0: A, let's end on a lighter note. We didn't talk about Robert Duvall's last day on the job. Oh, man. Big bellied cop. Robert Duvall is Michael Douglas in this movie 10 years later guy who's still managed to hold it together and now he's finally going to retire and it's not the retirement he necessarily wants but it's better than he thought he would get dude's happy dude is a lemons into lemonade kind of (laughs) guy and we get so much kind of just beleaguered robert duvall i've never seen him with a bigger belly in a movie that felt like a pillowcase. Robert Duvall is usually kind of a tight guy. Yeah. Even as an old guy, he's kind of like an Eastwood-like slender, tighter guy.
1: He had a he had a gut going. He
0: yeah. had a big old gut. He had a cop gut And like a big old like a nice good ginger
1: with some silver cop
0: mustache.
1: Good stash. Good
0: old horseshoe.
1: One of the better Duvall horseshoes. Yeah. Prime he's, horseshoe balding. Uh, yeah. Duvall
0: Duvall's here. been sporting horseshoe since The Godfather. But some of the movies you get a little more comb over. Mm-hmm. This right. movie I like that he went just for the straight, like, I'm 62. Like, we're, the top's going to be just freckles. Exactly. <laughs> and I do love the really Joel Schumacher thing of making the obvious parallels. Where you have Robert Duvall even dressed like the exact same as Michael Douglas. Mm. Never seen more navy blue with white diagonal striped neckties in a movie. Totally. Than the people that are all supposed to be different versions of Michael
1: Douglas. (laughs) Yeah, the black guy has got the exact same tie and shirt. Um, The guy who's uh, not economically viable outside the bank Uh protesting. (laughs) They're Um,
0: all different versions of the same
1: disaffected
0: dude. And I just love... Robert Duvall could veer so far into... Chris Farley, Matt Foley territory (laughs) where he's like adjusting his belt and kind of always has his big old belly pointed downwards. There was a bit of that, a bit of that. And he's just like, the guy's just rolling with the punches. That's what he's, That I love his character. Just a roll with the punches. Eh, Sometimes you get hit a little bit harder, but uh, you roll through it. You come back. Yeah. And he's a great take on that kind of played out, last day on the force before retirement character it's a good role because it's a cheesy role and robert duvall brings a little class to it i like it just a lot. like douglas brings yeah. a little class to all this it's a well-acted well-scripted joel schumacher deserves more credit i'm i'm pro schumacher man that guy's a legend
1: oh yeah we're, we're pro schumacher in this house we got he's got two eps on on so it's come to this so far. <laughs> so far, that's way more than others. It could, uh, it, it might continue to come to this. We've been talking about eight millimeter. We've been talking about doing. Uh, yeah, even yeah. I'd it, love to see the neon really, Batman again. I, I don't man. know if I can sit through Batman and Robin again. It's <laughs> genuinely not a good movie. I haven't seen it in
0: over twenty but, years. Uh, <laughs> I've never wanted to revisit it more than I do now. All right, man.
1: Oh. You let me know. Let me let me know yeah. how it, how it does. I'll fall for on you. that grenade. <laughs> I think it came to this. I think it has. uh, A a worthy film, a challenging film, uh, a relevant film. And just like a lot of these movies the last two months,
0: a good movie to watch right now. Yeah. A good movie to revisit that some of you probably haven't revisited in 20
1: years. It'll look a lot different. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Curious for your takes
1: yeah uh we're on the social medias we're on the the instagrams and stuff you can find us on instagram at s-i-c-t-t podcast yeah look us up and uh we will talk to you guys uh next week i'm eric i'm charlie thanks for listening good night